Thanks so much for joining us for Faith in Four Letter Words, where we take an unapologetically real look at surviving the boys' club, motherhood, and perfect poly <laughs> while living in the glass fishbowl. I'm Amanda Goodman. And I'm Tara Thomas. Thanks for making some time to join us as you head into your week. I just still hate this weather because it's not only not sunny, but it's cold and there's so much snow here. We're not going to see the grass for for weeks. And so, I mean, I get and I talk to people in other climates, you know, relatives in the South, especially, or even my friends out in California, and they'll say, oh, we're so jealous. We wish we had a white Christmas. We wish we had snow and our kids could play in it. And the thing is, like, after that initial well, and my kids are a little older, even though my son actually went sledding. But after that initial snowfall where, yes, it's pretty and it's cool to see snow after all this time, I'm just over it. And I I would be fine living in a climate where I no longer see a flake fly. I mean, that's just <laughs> me being honest. And then I always hate how when people say, oh, they love four seasons. And we've talked about this, like our four seasons here are so extreme right. that we jumped, we like skipped over fall and went right into winter in some respects because in October it snowed. And then with all of this ice now, I mean, I'm perpetually running late. So I don't need black ice when I'm trying to race no. my kids to middle school. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and they're friends and then the I, friends are, you know. You know me and like, I am like the odd man out because I love winter. And, you know, one of the main reasons I love winter is because I don't have to worry about my bingo arms. Like, I can cover oh my all gosh. my I thought baggy. you liked fall. I thought fall was your favorite No, season. fall's my jam. Fall is my absolute yeah. jam. Um, but I like – I love – like, I want, if it's going to be cold, then I want it to be snowing because it's that – it just hits that pause button. Things get canceled. That's why quarantine was really good for me for a long time <laughs> because everything was canceled. We couldn't go anywhere. You know, you had to stay home because I'm a homebody. Like I, you know, I, I did my duty in the clubs in my twenties and my thirties. Um, so I, you know, I like being at home now. So it's, uh, well, um, no, I, 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 I you're right. I do appreciate when sometimes you have that, what we used to have was like a forced 24, 48 hour shutdown when a storm was brewing and then everyone's, you know, and it's such a, a staple in the Midwest of grabbing the milk and and bread and cheese, you know, I love that. And, and it's true what you said before that you, it forces you to just stay home and be with your family and have that fun family time that you don't normally get, especially if it's like a weekday and the kids have a snow day. So I definitely appreciate that. And I think for us, we embrace it all the more because prior to, you know, in our previous employee, the snow days meant that they needed us at the station even more because it was wall to wall weather coverage. So it's so nice oh. for us now that we have the luxury in I don't always get to stay home when my children do, but I can even take a vacation day if our office is not closed. And so I embrace that and I do appreciate that. And I think that you and I will forever look at all holidays and snow days differently because for anyone listening, if you've ever had a job where it did not automatically include you in all of the population that gets to stay home. You are so appreciative of the opportunity or chance to do so if, if it's never been, you know, that your norm. I mean, right. I just, and I still, we talked about this earlier this week, how we still will feel guilty sometimes, like being able to leave early on a Friday or having that moment at home at night where you're thinking, oh, I actually can relax. I can 
grab a makeup remover wipe and take off my makeup and, and change into sweats because before we always had to be on when we were home in the evenings and it just, we were never present because we still had, you know, one foot back at the station. And so I just think now, even though there are other things that stress us out, it's so nice when you can truly relax, you can truly be present. And then with COVID, it's like when you're forced to do it, like I was during that quarantine, I just appreciated all the more how, okay, now that this potential pandemic is going to be behind us, let's make sure that we still make time to shut ourselves in and just be present with our kids. I mean, that's my hope and prayer. And like, I hope that we hold each other to that, that we don't start hitting the ground running and overscheduling everything again, just because we're all potentially vaccinated. Right. That's, well, you know, because we let the guard down. But then again, I think we've all, well, I'm not going to say all because I don't want to, you know, lump everybody in with me. And after I had, we all had it in our house. I was like, all right, I'm done. I mean, it's just, it's interesting. I mean, it's the the thing, I want to get to a, a point in our life where we're not living with masks on anymore, just because it looks so weird to me. Mm-hmm. And I hate the fact that our ch- we see children with masks on. You know, but it's so normal now. Like people are putting like mask holders in their house, like right by where they hang the keys. Like here's where our masks. And I'm like, this is weird. I've never even seen this. Oh my gosh, people! And I refuse to buy one. I refuse. You know, my the 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 fact that the other day I got a a package from Old Navy. They were having a sale on masks, and you know, buy packs of five. And the kids were so excited. Oh, look at these! These are cool masks. And it like broke my heart. I'm like, we are excited that we have masks with cheetah print or a mask with unicorns on it. Like this is not, not normal, not okay. I want to get away from it. Like I'm just. No, I, I I totally agree. And I think what I know we wanted to talk about today because of our isolation, because of how much we really had to turn to our smartphone, tablet and keyboard to stay connected, all of the free speech slash, expression on social media did reach an out of control fever pitch. But at the same time, we embrace so much that First Amendment concept of everyone's you know, right to say how they think or feel that I, I've just been so troubled by how the cancel culture has now crossed into canceling anyone's platform or ability to share his or her thoughts. And I know everyone will say if you feel that in some way what you're sharing is inciting violent behavior or is or perpetuating, you know, some horrible negative action or outcome, I just think that is so subjective. I mean, it is so hard to truly link or identify a direct connection with somebody's tweet or pose to an action. And I, this is the glaring example that jumps out at me. And I know you'll remember this. Back in the day when the the whole, you know, PG rated R, the, the parental controls were coming out around movies and then ultimately albums, cassettes, <laughs> video games, how everything started to shift into this world where we did want and, and did not disregard the need for some level 
of parental control that was dictated by a government agency or someone in, you know, Washington, D.C. was going to review a movie and say, no, it's not appropriate for your child. And I think in some ways we welcomed that because we wanted the guidance. And now as a parent, I get it. I mean, if, if a movie's rated R, like, no, I'm, I'm not going to like jump to take my kid to it. However, when all of that regulation started to happen and we started to see the research and all the studies were being done and everybody wanted to say, and I remember this well, I mean, the, the video games, once violent action started being so popular and prevailing and people were, were shooting one another and killing people, everyone wanted to directly link that to violent behavior and outbursts with the children, especially young boys. And there was no credible evidence that anything a child was seeing on a simulation or a, a virtual reality, now we would call it game, there was no direct correlation with that translating into you know, behaviors in the real world that would mirror that. And it goes back to parenting. I mean, I just don't believe that if our kids play a violent game, that they're no. going to become school shooters. So I just don't that, understand. Well, you bring up, yes, Tara, because you bring it up because, you know, let's talk about the, there was a bunch of um, if, white children, entitled or not, uh, on TikTok and all these other, on Snapchat. And one girl made a cookie cake and wrote the N word across of it with a big smile on her face. And subsequently, right after that, she was posting more Snapchats, you know, just throwing the N word out like it was not, you know, like, crazy. Then this TikTok video comes out. It's a mashup of all these other kids, white kids using the N-word, right? And I I share, I don't show the share the video on my my professional page because they still are children. But someone says, listen to the music. They use it all the time. You know, Betty, I listen, Tara and I listen to gangster rap since we came out of the womb. That's right. Okay. That doesn't mean, you know, and they talk about, they drop the N word. They talk about hookers. They talk about drugs. Tara and I didn't end up in a, in a brothel. We're not shouting the N word out because, you know, like we're not like doing so lines of Coke. We're not living like they are, they, they use it for expression and they right. use it because they're talking about things that they went through. These artists, what they went through, these kids growing up in, you know, half a million dollar homes, you haven't felt the struggle. Correct. So sit down and perhaps take a history lesson or perhaps go into the city and get dropped off for about 15 minutes and see how you do. Oh, absolutely. And this is the part that I get so yeah. mad. I'm sorry. Oh, I know. I, I hear you. I've been tracking all of these threads that have resulted from some of what has been shared as clearly as we know the inappropriate content from some young people. But when you follow some of these threads and you, you read the logic in the comments, there is no logic. I mean, the logic escapes the person because what you just said is spot on. If you as a parent allow your child to be exposed to any and all internet engagement, it would be virtually impossible to not have some kind of heart to heart, you know, educated conversation with them without risk of things getting out of control if they don't have some level of accountability. I mean, and for me, it's, it's almost a Christian, you know, moral, ethical, 
angle that I take with it, where I've even said the the infamous, you know, God is watching, even if mommy and daddy don't know what you're doing, God knows. So, (laughs) I mean, so we have that, and I know some people don't like that fear factor, but for me, I am fearful of God and sort of ending up, you know, south of here. (laughs) Like that's a real thing for me. And so for me, I just feel like there has to be some way or some element of navigating that with your child where you want them to be fearful of, guess what? You will have extreme consequences if you do something that stupid on social media, like, oh my gosh, never see TikTok again, because you're, you'll be cut off at the knees and won't be able to do TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was telling Gia, my oldest, you know, my kids go to a predominantly all white school. My children are half Latino, but they look white. So they'll never face the struggle that their father faced um, and all the racism that he went through just as, you know, he's considered a brown person. So they, they don't understand. So I was talking to Gia about this and this N word and she, you know, it was sad because she knew every single, every single kid in this video, every single kid. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, so she and I were talking about, and I said, I said, if they did this where I grew up, they'd get their asses beat. Mm -hmm. Like it was just Mm -hmm. like this, they would, that was not tolerated. And it was kids on the other end. Like they were going to shut you down. If you said that word in front of a black kid growing up where I'm from, ass beat, rightfully so, right? What's sad about where we live in the Midwest, these children of color are so numb to it. They're numb to That's it. Right. I have gotten so many messages. They're just like, yeah, those white kids, those rich white kids, they use the N word all the time. And they don't say anything because they know what the end result is going to be. The parents are going to come in, defend the kids, mm-hmm. excuse the behavior, make all kinds of excuses for just for a joke, and then they'll make the the, the kids of color, you know, appear to be in the wrong. They know how it's going to go. Well, and, and I'm just so tired of that. What you just said, how we are excusing behavior because oh, that's just how you know rappers talk, and that's just part of the TikTok soundtrack. Right. Right. Well, you know what? Like, first of all, hey, TikTok. Like, I'm, I like TikTok for the recipes. <laughs> like, there's some really good <laughs> recipes on there. Like, tell your, tell your kids, the little dances, they're just not cute. Like, I'm so tired of every middle schooler or, like, junior high kid trying to go viral on TikTok. Oh, totally. I'm, I'm just, I, can, I cannot. Like, it's just laughable. And I know I sound all so about uncool. It. We would have been all about it. I mean, oh, we would have been all about the it. dance routines and the let's break out, you know, at Target and do something with the cart. <laughs> oh yeah. We would have done something really, really good. But yeah, this is what's funny, Tara. So you and I, like, what, what's my favorite song? Hit Him Up by Tupac, right? Oh, there are, I mean, it is like the laundry list of bad words. I mean, and derogatory things. I would never, if I was on there, right? Even when I'm in the club or if we would have one of our house parties, I never, when he says drops the N word, I, that's when I like, I don't move my mouth. Exactly. Just because I learned very early on, you don't say that. No, under no circumstance. Even if you, as a, according to one of the social media posts, even if you've been given a pass by a, a person of color to say oh. the N word, I mean, come on. I mean, but okay, I don't know that I've ever talked about this on a, in a public forum, but 
and correct me if you've heard this story before on our previous podcast. I don't believe I've ever shared this, but the one the perhaps the most fearful I have ever been in my time as a news anchor outside of the threats that happened that were obviously scary and involved the police. Can I say, can I guess it? And I want you to tell the story because it's a bit, I, I, I feel it's, it's the Jello story. It's <laughs> it the Jello it story. Is. I knew it. Am I correct that we have not discussed this on the podcast? We have not discussed it. So at the time I was living in another community where it was a homecoming tradition that was kind of an off the books tradition where students would gather in this case in a, in a park in an area of the, the town that was would be considered more affluent. And they would set up basically a jello pit. And in said jello pit, girls that were willing would wear picture like sports bras and boxer shorts, and they would do jello wrestling in this pit. And it was widely viewed by a lot of other students. And I think that many parents may have been aware of it, but understandably, they just sort of stayed away because they just thought, oh, it's just a uh, uh, maybe in their minds, a harmless homecoming tradition. So, so I was not even aware that this was a thing because at the time my children were, oh gosh, I think five and three, maybe, mm -hmm. if, if that old. So I was out of the loop of what was to come as far as high school activities, if you will. So when I happened one night to be doing the news, I was soloing that night, which means my co-anchor was absent. So Ron was not there. And I started getting calls about, oh, have you seen this video? Have you seen this Jello Resin video? This is when I would say YouTube, smartphones, recording devices, all of it was pretty new in that it was rare that everyone had a smartphone and everybody was recording everything. I mean, it just really wasn't a thing at that point. It wasn't as prevalent. So once we did, once the, the link was emailed to us, it was actually a YouTube link because back then Snapchat was not a thing. And so kids didn't have sort of the private avenue to share videos like they do today. And as we both know, as we've told our kids, whatever you put out there is part of your digital footprint. So even if you only share it on Snapchat, there's always going to be somebody who screen records it. And then in the case of the girl with the inward cake, it was put on another platform, Facebook, and went viral among the parents. And so you're always going to have the potential for anything you say and do that you deem private to be, you know, out mm -hmm. when somebody says, okay, you've crossed the line. So in this case, I start watching the video and I am like blown away, not only because it was the, the violent nature of it. I mean, there were, I, and I was a wimp. I, I was not a fighter in high school, even though I had a couple incidents, you know, where girls were like wanting to beat me up and I was scared. And so I was watching this thinking, I just can't believe I was blown away at the aggressive nature of the girls. And then I was like shocked that they would even want to participate in it. And then people said to me, Oh, I know people that, you know, would attend, but my daughter would never get in the ring. I mean, it was all just more for the entertainment factor. Well, the girls that were wrestling, I guess in some ways, initially I was like semi-impressed with their, uh, you know, their confidence, like, oh, I'll wrestle somebody. And then, then the parent and the adult in me came out and said, okay, wait a minute. There was a bed of music that had been edited under this video and it was like you, we talk about, I mean, the misogynistic, sexist lyrics that really glorified these women 
it objectified them. I mean, it, it made it about like the sexual nature of, oh, girls scantily clad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, it took that right. turn. And so that bothered me too. And then it just made me sad because I thought here you have a case where like so many things, these kids think, oh, this is cool to do because it's private. No one's going to find out. Well, now enter YouTube. And this went back then for standards of viral. It it reached Des Moines, other stations. I mean, it did go national. Before we even got off the news set, when that video aired, and I think we need to qualify this, and I'm sorry to, to take so much time to kind of get to the point, but I think people need to understand news value is a thing. And so you have to consider why is news and what makes it newsworthy. And in this case, if you have children that are engaging in this kind of behavior, and then a video is being shared and parents are then crying foul that they either didn't know about it, police shouldn't have allowed it, et cetera, there is news value in its deviation from the norm because is it unusual for children of high school age to have a public spectacle of jello wrestling in a public park? Yes, that is unusual. So it is newsworthy. And so for me, I because I wasn't aware of the history and in some ways the protection that the protectionism that comes with this, I, I I could have never dreamed what it would unleash. And because I was soloing that night, the blame fell squarely on me, the female anchor. And had Ron been there and had Ron delivered the story, I know for a fact it would have been received differently. But because it was me and because I was a right. Karen in the eyes yes. of some families and children, yes. this was before the concept of Karen existed, then, then I was... I was enemy number one. And as soon as I came back into the newsroom, the calls, the emails, and and this was when Twitter was in its infancy, the the tweets that were attacking me were astounding. Uh, I had to 40 children tweeting threats against myself, my family. They, they put in bold letters on Twitter that they wanted to feed my children cocaine. Mind you, my kids were five and three. I was living in the community and it's a small town. And so I was at once privileged town. Oh, I was fearful, very privileged and entitled town. I was fearful to go to the grocery store and I'm looking over my shoulder because I thought, okay, this is, this is like serious. Like this is putting people in a position where they have to admit that they were complicit. And then to hear that supposedly a local grocery store donated the jello. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and and this is what you need to know. There were two sides of it. There was the public side of vilify Tara because she's ruining something that's harmless fun. And then there was the private side of people emailing me and saying, don't use my name. I don't agree with it. I can't speak out. It, mm-hmm. it will come back on my child because I'm saying I'm, I'm not in a position where I can say it's wrong because I don't want any blowback on my kid. And, and it changed me, not just as a community member slash journalist, it changed me as a mother because it made me realize that when you think of, you know, the hazing that you hear about happening in like fraternities and sororities, when you think about the peer pressure that at some point in our lives, all of us endure, I realized that this, this bullying crowd mentality it carries into adulthood in such a way that those same people who were, you know, forcing a kid to chug a beer in college 
are now trying to justify and perpetuate a climate where it's okay for their child to have no rules or to have no standards because, oh, it's all harmless fun if at the end of the day, you are a semi, you know, affluent, privileged individual that would never have any risk of police interaction being, you know, resulting in you having a criminal mark on your record. It it was like, it was completely uh, rejected as something that was anything but harmless fun. I, I just couldn't believe it. And so it's, yeah. police were involved. That's the thing that, that people also need to know. I called the police, as you do, doing your due diligence as a journalist to inquire, are you aware of this? Because there were people telling me the police very much were aware and chose you know, not to, to do anything about it. And I just was blown away by that because I thought, no, wait a minute. You know, granted, this was years ago, but this is a public park. There's a liability factor. So in the end, all these photos were being sent to me of police officers with their arms around some of the children. I mean, that was that blew my mind. Now, turns out, I believe some of those photos were taken in a prior year. But when I called the police station that night before we ran with it, I was told that they knew nothing about it. So by me, of course, yeah, by me repeating the information that I had confirmed directly from the police department, People blew a gasket. They went wild. How dare you lie? And, and Tara is trying to protect the police. It was, un- right. it was unreal. And and the, the the sad thing about the whole thing is you hit the nail on the head when you said had Ron been the one who delivered the news, and that's the thing because you did. They were they thought that they could be like big and bad, and you were you were also probably put in a position where you couldn't come at them because that's where I would get myself in trouble when I would do stories, and then people thought that they could come at me you know, and control what, what I'm going to say and, you know, think that I was going to be some pushover female, I would just respond. I'm not the one, but you and you, your hands are probably tied because you have to be, you know, the good puppet and just, you know, but then it's okay for children to be attacking you, trying to incite violence against you and threatened. And not only did their parents know about that behavior from this town, because I know this town, that behavior was encouraged. And they laughed about it. Now, I did in my, at that point, as you said, with my hands tied, I did attempt to, because I was so shook, I did attempt to navigate some kind of response. And and so I printed out all of the tweets with 40 different students involved, and I emailed a copy of the document to one of the administrators. And at that point I, I didn't even go, you know, straight to the top. I went to, I believe an administrator at the high school level. And there was, I believe, you know, some reply of thank we appreciate you letting me know or something. Well, subsequent to that, I was trusting that something would be said or that it might be addressed, but get, this is where we get into gray, the gray area as we saw with this current incident Many people say, oh, that's an overreach on the part of the school. You shouldn't be involved. But the fact is, now that I'm well-versed in school communications and the role of, of the school district in a community, I can tell you that all districts have codes of conduct that extend beyond their staff. They also extend to students. And that's why, you know, Amanda and I would have been suspended from sporting events had we violated a code of conduct when we were in high school. And that extends now into the social media realm. But again... Twitter was in its infancy. So when all of these tweets were presented, it would have been very easy to determine, okay, whose handle belongs to which student. 
And I was never aware of how it was handled. So it, it was, I was trusting that the adults in the, involved in this that were in a position of authority would do the right thing and recognize like this has gotten out of control. Like the local news anchor is getting threats against her family because she was just doing her job. And, and mind you, like I said, there was this whole throng of people that were wanting me to do the story because they didn't agree with it and they thought it had gone way too far. So that was the other factor is that there were a lot of people that definitely supported, you know, reevaluating whether this was okay or this should continue. Okay, so in, in the throes of all this, I randomly am at a grocery store in this town and a woman comes up to me and she was, I mean, at that moment, honestly, I didn't know if I was going to be, you know, verbally assaulted or what, because that was the climate of hatred that I felt I was living in. So mm-hmm. I wa- she walks up to me and she goes, I just want you to know, I'm a teacher at the high school and nothing is going to be done. In fact, the kids are laughing about it and they don't think they did anything wrong. And I'm just so sorry for all that you're dealing with. I mean, like whisper mm-hmm. this to me. At the grocery right. store. And she's, and she's afraid of the students. Yeah. yeah. That's the problem. Oh, and the parents. The oh. inmates are running the oh, asylum. Oh, oh, yeah. And and that's what's happening right so, now. So I, me today in 2021, if that were, you know, if I had the life experience that I now do and, and some of the understanding, I, I would have handled that much differently and it would not have ended the same. And do you know that the one thing that's interesting is I recognized at the time, you know, now you and I both with our kids are well connected to middle school and high school kids and families. I mean, we would have known many of the kids, but back then our, right. my kids were so little. One of the moms, I did know. And so I called her and I said, do you realize your son called me a C-U-N-T on Twitter? Mm. And do you know what she said? Oh, he's such a nice kid. I'm sure he didn't mean it. And I will, sure. I will say this. She you should get popped in the mouth, Johnny, for using the C word. You should get popped in the mouth. Call me at the station and do this like forced fake apology. And I just remember thinking like, oh my God, Tara, like do not be that mom where my son is an a-hole. And then I'm like, Thomas, you better call and apologize. And it's like a script that I wrote yeah. that he is reading. I am right. sorry no. that I called no. you the C word. I mean, it, there was no emotion. There was no accountability. And it just, it. so it, it uh, we as journalists by nature are cynical people, but it jaded me. I mean, I was jaded. So here's of course. Well, think about how many years ago was that? And this still is it's, fresh. It's, I mean, you remember every detail. Yeah. And so, every so years later, I, had, I then moved on literally and figuratively. And I heard that they had moved the the annual event to a private residence. And so I yeah. just laughed to myself because I was like, oh, it's like in 16 Candles when Jake's parents are out of town and they trash his house. And then it's like, you know, there's a part of Jake that thinks these people like are just using me for my party. And of course, now I laugh thinking like, who's ever parent that was, it was like, oh, my kid's cool because we're hosting the Jello wrestling. Meanwhile, this was like their, their sad and, you know, shallow way of like having friends. Yeah. They're buying a friend. It's a Jake's house. (laughs) You know, if honest to God, honest to God, and we'll have to wrap this up, but it's at the end of the day, when you have issues with kids, 
nine times out of 10, you can trace it back to their parents and how their parents behave. And I don't care what anybody says. This is not like, and when you're talking about racial slurs and you're talking about that, that's not mean girl behavior, bullying, like, cause kids are going through all kinds of stuff with hormones. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, this is toxic, wrong behavior. And I'm just letting you know, if your kids are acting like this or coming after like, you know, an adult, like those kids went after Tara, they're going to do it to the wrong person. They're going to do it to the wrong person. There's going to be one day that you're not going to be in your white bread community with the unicorns flying all around you. They're going to be in the wrong place and they're going to get checked and it's not going to end well for them. Trust me. Trust me. This, the real world is not that neighborhood that you live in. And to, to close with validating your point, Thankfully, I'm a forgiving and not vindictive person. And I laugh years <laughs> later, that same kid who was really a snot-nosed, unforgiving punk, he was being celebrated on social media by this same woman, you know, the mom, for some accomplishment. Like, you know, he got a new job or he graduated college, you know, and I laugh because of what you just said is so true. I mean, all it would have taken is a 30-second surge for me to identify his employer and I could have pulled a Carson King where I would send that tweet and say, just so you mm-hmm. know, like this kid calls women in professional roles in his community, in my case, a news anchor. He publicly shared that I was the C word. And you better believe that that would have tainted his employer's opinion. Right. And kids today don't have any clue how quickly that one tweet or that one snap will backfire for years to come when that digital footprint follows them, you know, right into HR. Right. Should have done it. There's still time. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in for us as we went on and just know what your kids are posting, know what your kids' friends have um, on social media. And if you have really, really young kids before social media, get ready. (laughs) 